you're tuned in to Positively Terrible. I'm producer Dan, and each week my buddy Scott and I discuss surviving and thriving after trauma. It's a journey that started when Scott, his wife's fiance, and her boyfriend walked into a bar. This week's decent fucking human is Nassim. She's got a fucked up story about growing up brown in the Rust Belt post 9-11. Settle in, my terrible listeners. Today's episode is going to be Positively Terrible. Hey, Scott. Hey, Nassim. Hello, Dan. Hey, folks. How are you doing? We're all right. At least I am. Yeah, we all right. Okay. Well, I'll write something. You're, you're, you are surviving. Does not sound like thriving, but hey, we all have our days. I am thriving in the sense that I woke up in time to do this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, well call that I'll, a thrive. We'll call that a thrive. I'll, I'll tell you what. We, we will talk about your – it's not really a nap. You work nights. We'll, we'll talk about your sleep in a little bit. But I first wanted to get some stuff out there that uh, – more than anything, just kind of a thank you to the listeners. It's been kind of awesome. Our terrible listeners – have been contacting us. Now I'm going to be super honest. My mom is our biggest fan. Biggest so you, fan. Oh, it, it's incredible. She's commenting all over the Facebook posts. She will listen to this one. Hi, mom. Glad you gave listening. her at least three thumbs up and a heart today on the Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on Facebook anymore, but I well, wish I back. was. Come on back. Okay. You yeah, know, we'll, we'll get you back on. It, it, it's a beautiful world on Facebook. It, trust me. Don't comment on that, but We've gotten a lot of messages, some of them from friends, family. We've gotten some from people that really aren't as, as close to us. And it's it's been really cool. And I was thinking today, and I'm going to say a couple of things. One about a surprising text that I received, but another uh, about me real quick first, Dan. I, I didn't run this by you, so hopefully oh, you don't cut it out. Oh, great. Let's talk about Scott. <laughs> it's a common theme here. But a lot of people have been mentioning to me from my episode talking about how I wanted to change the world. And suddenly I feel like I am and we are Dan. And I'm not saying that in a, Oh, we're grand. We're awesome. All of this. I feel like changing the world starts one person at a time. And what I didn't realize until today. And I, I this, this thought literally hit me today and how fulfilled I am with this and how proud I am of this. And what I didn't realize was the person, the, the, the changing the world was going to start with me, like changing me. And it's just this feeling that I can't explain right now. And, you know, I wanted to help others, but this has been just so incredible in, in making me feel like I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. And it's something small right now. But the people who have contacted me and told me things and told me stories or just said, hey, this resonates with me, it, it, it's made me emotional. We've gotten so many texts or emails or whatever. And again, it's mostly people we know, but people are crying. People are laughing. And, you know, it, I, I feel just incredible and didn't realize I wanted to have such an impact on other people. And I didn't realize that the person that I was going to have the most impact on was me. And I just, I, I wanted to say that because it hit me today and it just, it was this kind of profound realization. Well, thank you for feeling safe enough to share your feelings, Scott. <laughs> well, I, I thank you for giving me a safe space to do it. Both of you. 
But thank you it, for not falling asleep, Nassim. You look pretty bored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm relishing in the emotions here, man. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And I think what you guys are doing is really powerful and important for um, not just the world, but it is important for yourselves and in your healing journey, Scott. So this right. is great. Well, thank you. And, 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 and I'm going to read an, a, a text that I received that was an unexpected text. I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's unexpected. The, the, the words in it were what was unexpected. And one thing that I, I don't say to people often is that when players one, two, and three all got together and talked and went through some shit together, sometimes I felt like the person out of all of us that I was the most worried about was player three. Not even myself. You know, I knew that I was getting through this and I knew that my life was about to get better. And, you know, I'd, I'd had some therapy and I'd had some time to process that things were going in this direction. And of course, I didn't know the final direction, but player three, and I'm, I'm actually a little nervous to read this. I want to do it justice. He sent me a text after listening to the episode that was about me and, and walking into a bar, episode one. And if you haven't listened to episode one, go back, listen to it. It's worth your time. It's a, it's a banger. He says, just finished the podcast, bro. I almost forgot how much of a clusterfuck that was. But honestly, and I've been asked this recently, knowing what I know now, would I do it again? My answer is yes, I would. Despite how little I ever meant to her or how fictitious this persona that I fell in love with was. It was real to me. I'm a better person for having loved someone to that capacity. And you are too, man. Also, I've come to the realization that I'm not going to change who I am or qualities that I like about myself because evil people like her exist. I'm strong enough to bear that hurt and still love passionately and fully. I learned so much about myself because of that. So many positive things resulted literally in spite of that. I went back to school, took a promotion, started a journey of self-advocacy and introspective growth. And for the first time in my life that I can remember, I, I can truly say that I love me. That's pretty. That's powerful stuff. It's pretty fucking cool. It's good to hear from you, player three. <laughs> and, and that's... Welcome. Welcome to the terrible studio. That's thriving, right? Yeah, That's absolutely. It. That's the definition sure as, right there. Sure as fuck sounds like. And it's very emotional to me and it takes me back. But I wanted to share that because it, it, of all of the texts and messages that I've gotten, that is the one that's the most special to me. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Nassim is here. How are you doing, Nassim? I'm really well. I'm doing great. All right. So we interviewed you, what, a year and a half ago? So I, all these interviews, I'm saying a year and a half, 18 months. It was, it was November of 2021. I right. had known, it was the first time I met Dan, and I had known you, Scott, for about a month. I think about a month is what yep. it said in the podcast. Yeah. So and I'd, it was November, and we were in the terrible studio, which also doubles as my garage. Yes. <laughs> it must have been cold at that point. I can't even remember that. It was cold. Scott forgot your coffee in Scott, the car. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, don't no no spoilers. That's in the episode. Okay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you're 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 letting uh, the listeners on some of the important stuff. The terrible listeners. But you know, it's been a long year and a half for both of us. Uh, for sure all, has for all of us. Uh, mm-hmm. It's probably been about the same amount of time. But a lot of life changes have happened in that last year and a half. Uh, Nassim, where are you living at now? Tacoma, Washington. How you liking that? It's no Chicago, <laughs> but Chicago doesn't have mountains. So and seals that, and seals. Every morning I go on a walk and I have seals and river otters to the right of me on the waterfront, and I've got deer and raccoon on the left of me, and I feel like fucking <laughs> Snow White. <laughs> it, that sounds delightful. It's a really beautiful place. Okay, and. I don't know. It's it's also very conflicting in my soul of what the hell am I going to do with my future? <laughs> but as I watch you, though, I'm I'm super proud of you and, and impressed. You send me pictures of the hikes that you're going on. Um, have, have you done more hikes in the last month than you had done in the rest of your life? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I assume that, that was true. So it, it sounds like you are are doing pretty well, and uh, I, I'm I'm jealous. When I get those pictures, I always want to fly out there and see you. Yeah, I do follow you on Instagram, and I have also been impressed with your pictures. But I do have a bone to pick with you about your social media. And what here did it is I in do the now? Scene. Oh boy, <laughs> you blasted out a lovely, lovely shout out to scott's new podcast oh yeah and i forgot to tag you you didn't you didn't say a darn thing about your old buddy producer dan that's not true that's not true in the in the so i don't really understand how stories or reels work. Yeah, i don't either i On accidentally Instagram? made one the other day well i always do it wrong because i post a tiktok first and then port it over from tiktok to instagram but i don't understand how this shit works right so anyway i was I had uploaded the video to a story or a reel or something and I tagged Scott and then I was like shit I need to tag Dan but I had already posted it well I'm, then, I'm glad the thought crossed your mind and that's all I really wanted but then I reposted Thank it you. To, but then I reposted it to my feed and if and if you if you paid attention Daniel I, in the I comment I did tag you well I'm gonna go look we'll see if that's true I think that I, I I think I remember seeing that because I was going to comment and that it was there. Okay, good. Good. But, thank but, you. I'm sorry, Nassim, for calling well, you out here publicly. But thank you for sharing, for posting, and for talking nicely about Scott's new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so, we're all part of this terrible network in some way, shape, or form. So th- this, this is Exactly. A, this is a very special episode for us, though. Uh, having this scene back because during this episode, we conceived a very interesting idea. So we were talking about, as you normally do, talk about all these other podcast ideas on the show about expanding the terrible podcast network. And I don't remember exactly how no, we, we were just. Up- some we idiots just, sitting in a garage. We had never put anything out at the moment. That's true. Mind you, that's it's a year true. and a half later, and this is episode four. I, I, I listened. I listened to the playback yesterday for the first time, and I barely remember any of it, honestly. But <laughs> I was. I. I 
I don't know how it came up, but we talked about having a sex pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was a story in there that you were talking about of some of your journeys around the globe. I'll, I'll just say oh, that. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mentioned how I wanted a sex podcast, and. And then we and did then it. We did it. <laughs> we did, we did, we did it. it. Yes. So Nassim does have a sex podcast. It is available on the Terrible Podcast. It's the flagship Network. podcast of the Terrible. It is the <laughs> flagship <laughs> podcast of the Terrible Podcast Network, and it's available right now. So we are going to add a bonus episode to this feed tomorrow, Ooh. the day after this is released. So Friday of this week, we're going to release a bonus episode, and it's going to be episode one of Nassim's show and you got to listen you got to listen right now you got to listen to the sh- this episode to find out what the name of that podcast is <laughs> that's so, smart big big teaser oh my God. Smart. I, oh, that, 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 I, I feel I actually feel icky about doing that kind of cliffhanger <laughs> not, not cliffhanger but tease I love that actually that's brilliant <laughs> alright but the final thing I, I do have one question Dan, I, I know we've got to make this short, but Nassim had one regret from the last time we recorded. We did not get to the Insane Clown Posse. So you've got about 30 seconds to tell us your opinions on ICP. I am a strong supporter of the, Inclan- and the this, Insane this, this Clown Posse. Okay. Wow. Favorite song? I am, I am pro. What is it called? Miracles? Magi- the fucking uh, ma- magnets. Yeah. Magnets. Fucking the magnets. They work. Because here's the thing with ICP. They have their own podcast and they are actually <laughs> quality fucking human beings who yeah. give a shit about their community, give a shit about the marginalized, who give people a voice and they have brought the juggalos together. And I think they're actually like, yeah, their music is not, not great. Not for you. <laughs> but... But their message, I think, is really powerful. And I think they get a lot of shit and it's unnecessary. I right. support ICP. All right. I can't believe we've never had this conversation. And <laughs> I'm so excited to hear your opinion. Yeah, Dan Dan has been saying this for a long time. And I don't think he gets that many people who agree with him. However, I'm starting to get to understand. Because we're about building community. We're about love and we're about all of that stuff. We're just about right, better ma'am. music than that usually. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're going to go drink some Fagos, I suppose. And uh, what do you say, Dan? Are we going to kick this off? Let's do it. All right. Dan, I don't know if I told you this, but last week, uh, my therapist, our therapist, uh, we share a therapist. Uh, nice. He uh, <laughs> diagnosed me ADHD. Welcome to the club. It, it's, it's, I have feelings and. That's what we're here for. <laughs> it's a weird thing, especially when you think about ADHD or as children you see the kid that is running around and can't pay attention and gets bad grades and and needs to be on medication. And, you know, I'm not that guy. I was 
successful, not to saying that ADHD people are not successful or people with ADHD are not successful, but just stereotypically, you've got something in your head of what you think ADHD looks like. Sure. And I can tell you that there's multiple types of ADHD. Like there's the inattentive type, which is what most women are actually diagnosed as or are rather not diagnosed as. So many girls don't get diagnosed with ADHD because they have the inattentive type. And right, because so they, they're not just bouncing off the walls right. and bugging their teachers. Exactly. They don't present the same way as most peop- most like boys do right. growing up. And so they don't get diagnosed until they're adults. Um, I myself have not been diagnosed, but I have a pretty good idea <laughs> <laughs> that I have the inattentive type. But, sure. Um, you know, and I'm seeing that a lot of people are getting diagnosed as adults. So, I mean, good for you, man. Well, thank you. And you've made a great point because it was actually a woman who has the inattentive type that was talking to me about her life and the challenges she has and everything resonated so much with me. Mm-hmm. And she's she was even told by one psychiatrist who she immediately fired that she was too successful to have ADHD. This is my straight-laced friend that we've talked about in the past, Dan. You yeah, know her as well. I sure do. Well, that's just bullshit. Can I, can I swear on the show? Hell yeah. Fuck yes. <laughs> okay, if great. you don't swear, that might make you the right. first guest to get kicked off. <laughs> well, all right, good. All right, so keep it up. Good work. But she, she was actually only recently diagnosed, but she was 100% positive she had it. And actually, literally yesterday she was diagnosed, and was to the point of like, I I want to cry happy tears right now because from what I understand and what other people who have been diagnosed, especially later in life, they say, I have been living my life on hard mode. That's exactly, those are the exact same words my husband said. My husband was diagnosed three years ago or so. Okay. And that's exactly what he said. Wow. And there was a little bit of uh, a little bit of resentment, I think. You're, you're not the first person to tell me to expect that. Yeah, where it's, um, wow, I lived my entire life struggling and thinking that there was something uh, wrong with me um, and life just was hard. And if I had the resources as a child, things would have been so much better for me. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of resentment there, mm-hmm. I think, that people have when they're first diagnosed as adults. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. And, and you're definitely not the first. Like I said, other people have have told me that. Like you might expect to feel more feelings yeah. because life can be less hard. I mean, I'm not going to say easy, of course. Sure. But my feeling right now and and even my therapist when I talk to him, you know, the first time I brought it up because literally four people who have ADHD in the last several months have asked me if I have ADHD and I'd never considered it. And a lot of symptoms between anxiety and ADHD, there's overlap. And of course, because of the events of this year, I've had a lot of anxiety and I brought it up to my therapist and he kind of, you know, I, I'm not going to say he didn't, uh, didn't take it seriously. That's not the right thing, but I think he did not think that was the case. And we talked about it a little bit in one session, and in the next session, he got out the the screening questions and started asking me, and I could see the change of demeanor, his his facial expressions change, because when he'd ask me a question, and I would answer about how, oh, back in college, and 
my answers were not about this summer. My answers were all about, oh my God, this this has manifested in this manner since I was in high school. Wow. And I've never been I've been supremely disorganized. And like in high school I got straight A's, but I did great on tests. And to be frank, I'd get to school early and I'd be like, Hey guys, what was the homework? And I'd do it in the halls. Or I might ask someone for their copy and uh, their paper and copy things and sure. just change an answer here or there to make sure you know it wasn't clearly copied because I wasn't dumb enough to do that. I had someone do that to me once that it was actually written answers to, and he <laughs> and this was in grade school where we only had like eighteen kids in my entire class. So when someone writes down this exact same sentences that you wrote down for your answers, you get caught pretty quickly. My aunt was actually the one who taught that class too. (laughs) 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 So if, if, if you're listening, um, I'm sorry. (laughs) This is also not a PSA to cheat on your favors. (laughs) Certainly not. And it's kind of the opposite because it, you know, I always, what I told my therapist is I've always blamed uh, being uh, having high school uh, be too easy for me, for me not learning like life skills, and when I was saying that, it it also made me realize that I've been an adult for twenty eight years, if that math is correct. I know Dan, you're the math guy. You've corrected me before. It's not twenty eight years. Twenty four years. <laughs> <laughs> twenty four. I got the. 24 and 18, 42. So okay. you're, you're doing great. You got, you're it, doing got great. it, got it, got it. Uh, I wasn't uh, even going to try. So yeah, okay, okay. But I've, I've been an adult for a long time. So having four easy years of high school has prevented me for 24 years of developing the organizational organizational skills, the ability to like pay attention to people when I'm in a lecture or in a meeting or whatever. Uh, I think that I've had plenty of time to develop it, and it's time to stop blaming high school can I, ask, can I ask you a question Scott? please please um so you're talking about high school and how that experience was for you academically mm-hmm. how was it when you were in undergrad impossible it was hard was there a difference between how you handled um focusing in high school versus college no i got straight a's in high school and i did not in college but you did all right it passed i passed on st- like on time right yeah. I, I'm i not proud of my academic record in college, and I've probably never admitted that to anyone because I have had a reputation of being like the smart, successful guy, and I don't talk about the college years. I, I ended up doing fine, like my last two years especially. Um, probably had like a 3.0 or something for the last two years, but the first two, I was on probation most of the time. Okay. And I always kind of attributed it to the fact that I was getting out and having a life for the first time in my life because in high school I was bored and didn't hang out, didn't have a social life. And I made excuses for myself like, oh, well, I'm prioritizing uh, enjoying life because you should enjoy life to some extent. Sure. But that's not what it was. It's that I can't like study. I can't. I've, I've literally never studied in my life. For anything. I can't. I don't know how. I, it, it, I, I'll try. And other things I do and did this in college and still do this to this day is if I have a deadline, I'll set my alarm for 4 a.m. to because I need that super tight deadline. It's not even the day before. Like 
it's not even good enough that tomorrow I have something due. I'll get it done tonight or today. It's 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> or I might dick around and use time during business hours doing things that aren't work and then working later to make up for it because I have to. And now there's things that, you know, I'm, I'm about to miss deadlines if I don't. And those are the types of things that made my therapist say, yeah, you know, this isn't just if this is how you've been doing it for the last 20 some years, I'm not going to do math this time, <laughs> then th this is clearly um, more than just stress from from the summer and from having your life implode. All right. Well, yeah. I'm glad you figured that out. And now you can start taking steps to do. You know, things differently. Yeah. Adderall is a hell of a drug. I, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. I'm already getting people who want to trade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly kidding. <laughs> to all our terrible listeners out there, you can go to PositivelyTerrible.com <laughs> to put in your drug requests. Scott's open to trades. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Just on the record, uh, I do not condone the use of illicit drugs. Um, marijuana, if it's legal in your state, use the hell out of it. Um, and, and alcohol is probably the worst drug for you anyway. Or prescription drugs that are incorrectly used. Yes, yes, don't do that. I uh, think you're no. saying you don't condone it directly contradicts some of our previous podasts, Scott. <sighs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. This is the ADHD, ADHD talking. <laughs> I was just going to say... <laughs> It's a wonderful excuse. I fucking love it. Oh, God. You it know, doesn't last forever. No, I know, but it's new and I can use it. All and right. That's why I left your coffee in the car. And Coffee's great, by the way. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Way I did, better I, than that swill that came out of my K-cups. Well, it's, uh, it's Dark Matter, which um, is a favorite. They're not a sponsor yet, but someday we aspire to that. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to be <laughs> lining up in droves to sponsor our podcast. I think so. I think so. So Nassim. So Scott. Nassim. Dan. Oh, that's, yep, that's my name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that name. Thank you. Yeah, what kind of name is that? It's, well, it's Iranian mm -hmm. for girls. I'm one of those. Um, I'm sorry. Um, what did you just say? I said it's, it's a Persian name for girls, and I am one of those. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. A Persian girl. A Persian girl. Nice. Uh I I believe in Arabic it's more of a men's name. Okay. But I don't speak Arabic, so okay. I can't speak on that. Okay. I don't speak Farsi either, so <laughs> All right, what Me do neither. you speak? Yeah. What do I speak? Mm -hmm. Uh m mostly fluent in English and I do I can speak some conversational German. Um I lived in Germany for a few months. <laughs> but it wasn't really living there because I was on study abroad. She likes to say she lived in Germany when she did a semester there. <laughs> like, I looked at you and I had to like not look at you she because I knew I've told you this a million times. Yeah, she, wasn't, she was going to just lie about this. <laughs> and so I had to look away. But she knew. So if you study abroad in a place, you're not really living there? No. Is, that, is that what we're suggesting? We're suggesting that you studied abroad there. I studied. You spent a semester I there. I studied one broad there. <laughs> I studied several broads here. I lost my virginity there, so that's all I care about. <laughs> that, that fucking counts as living there. Okay, well, you that's never a, told me that. That's a story on its own. That's a, okay. Yeah. Oh, do you want to hear that sure. story? 
It's unrelated to anything That's, else. Who cares? So is most of the stuff we talk about here. Is eventually, we're going to talk about the Insane Clown Posse, so I hope you have opinions. Christ on a cracker. I do. I do have opinions. Um, so I was... Uh, ugh, okay, I was 20 years old. Late bloomer, this okay. one. Um, I mean, it's not that late. Not that late, but by, I mean, most I mean, standard. I'm still a virgin. And I was married. <laughs> No, you weren't. Never consecrated. What's that? Consecrated? Consummated. <laughs> Consummated. <Daniel. laughs> Never consecrated. Doesn't count. Um, yeah. So I was on study abroad uh-huh. and I met this. Living in Germany. Living in Germany. is <laughs> not that old. There, I think I was 20. Sorry. Sure. sure. I mean, I don't know. Everybody around me was like 16. So it felt like right. I was like old. Okay. Um, old bitty. Um, so I <laughs> was uh, living in this flat. Uh, apartment building for those who don't know what a flat is. And this was arranged through your college? Through my college, correct. They arranged for you to lose your virginity? Yes, yes. That's part of the package. Where did you go? Uh, (laughs) Kalamazoo College in Kalamazoo, Michigan. This this is a recruiting PSA? Uh, I don't think they would appreciate that. But uh, but I mean, it's a great school. Um, I did drink the K-Kool-Aid a little bit, but that's all right. Um, So, but Who's the mascot there? Uh, or the Kalamazoo College Hornets. Thank you very much. All right. College Hornets? Kalam- Go College With Hornets. Cal- Cal- no. Oh, okay. <laughs> they they really missed an opportunity yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, no, I, uh, so we were the Hornets. Um, but, so I was on, I was in Bonn. This was in 2007. Um, and so young. Tw- I know, so young. I was 20 years old. And this uh, guy lived in my flat. He was from Morocco. Ooh. Nice. No. Um, <laughs> and he, well, uh, I don't even, we met at a bar, I think, well, that was like happens. down the street from our flat or like it was connected to our flat. I don't exactly remember. <laughs> I was drunk most of the time. So the, your college puts you in a flat that's connected to a bar. I mean, K College, <laughs> baby. <laughs> so, um, we also called it party abroad. So anyway, okay. Um, I I learned stuff. So nice. Um, and that night or a little about love, a lot about life. <laughs> mostly about neither. So I was. Uh, yeah. So we met, um, and suddenly he decided he wanted to date me. Did you have any say in this? Probably, but at okay. n- but at twenty years old, I didn't recognize that I had a oh, say in anything. Okay. Wow, that just got serious. Uh, <laughs> that's me. So we um, went on a few dates, and then we're at my flat hanging out. He kept making me dinner, not like I, this is over the course of three months. This okay. was not all in one night. Okay. I just want to make, this, <laughs> make that very clear. This is the third dinner you've made me tonight. <laughs> so, now, was he cooking mostly like Moroccan food? Yeah, he made tagine every single night. Okay, all right. Yeah, I, we'll talk about that later. We'll probably throw that recipe up on the the website too. There's a website. There's gonna be. By the time <laughs> by the time this airs, we will have a website up. We do have. We actually well, have two websites up. You just can't we, pick the one you want. <laughs> right. Got it. Got it. Got Not, it. Neither's really good. Fans of Scott go to one. Fans of Dan go to the other. Oh boy. Um, We've got egos. And then fans on the team have the Facebook page. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So we. Nice. So, Fasim. No. That. But. Uh. <laughs> Edit that it, out. It's, okay. Continue. <laughs> it's fine. People say my name wrong 
all the time. Um, what do they often? No, 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 no. Don't say it. Uh, Christine. Okay, is well, the, one of the names okay. that they call me. There is another one, but we we don't use that name on this. Yes. The ex-wife's name. Uh, yeah. Sometimes people mm-hmm. mishear. Mishear my name, and they call me that instead. Got it. God, yep. that's going to be so much worse now. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> um, but but long story terribly short. Um, yeah, he just decided. We just. He, it was mostly him, decided that we were going to do the thing. And so we did the thing. And I was like, well, I'm in Germany. I'm on study abroad. I'm a virgin. And I'm sick of that. So we're going to do this thing. Okay. And it'll be a story. Oh, I did. I meant I f- failed to mention this key aspect of mm-hmm. our quote unquote relationship. I don't speak Arabic. Remember, he's from Morocco. Mm-hmm. He didn't speak English. <laughs> So we only communicated in broken German. Broken German. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so All right. that was the Moroccan. I think, that's, I think that's a good name for this episode, Broken German. Yeah. All right. So. Well, I'm kind of a broken German. My, my last name means German, and I'm broken. You're not broken, Scott. You're not broken. I love you guys. All right. So uh, have you done it again? Had sex, yes. Yes. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> now, how long did you guys date? Did you do it a bunch while you were dating in Germany with this dude? Uh, I blocked so much of it out. Um, yeah, I we dated, I guess, for like two months, maybe. Okay. And I think we had sex like maybe 10 times. All right. I don't know. Was it enjoyable? No. Oh, okay. Well, tune Bummer. in to Nassim's Sex Life podcast that we'll be launching. I but, mean, it's been a dream of mine, actually. So, Dan, if you want to have a second podcast, I'm all for it. Oh, yeah. Let's put it on the network. Let's put it we, on the network. You, you, I've not, I have not disclosed this to you, but we uh, also have the Terrible Podcast Network, and we are looking for additional podcasts. I want a sex podcast. But it has to have terrible in the name. Terrible sex podcast. <laughs> terrible sex with Nassim. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right, and and then you can bring your references on that will dispute that. Yeah, I I could see how that could be an offensive title, so I apologize for that. That's fine. Maybe, maybe we'll work on another one. But <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll workshop it with my people and bring it to your people. I love it. All right. Um. Yeah. So that was that Germany. <laughs> well, haven't so, been back so it does sound like you lived there then i i i, I take it back i certainly lived there you yes. lived there yes yes and you left your virginity there congratulations and i'm proud of you. you so much it was such a mediocre time <laughs> well here's to better times ahead oh, yeah. i would toast you with my coffee but it's empty we can all raise a cup though i'll raise we're a cup. raising cups huzzah Let's get back on track. <laughs> there is no track to well, get back on. We are going to start the track at this point. Okay. okay. So, Nassim, we got into a little bit of your background, I suppose. Um, mm. Not a whole lot, but tell tell us a little about yourself and and why you're here today. What? Why did I ask you here? I'm not exactly sure, Scott. Um, I. Well, you, we pitched, had, you did pitch an idea to I me. I pitched an, a very weak idea. Okay. So we and I. Okay, I'm going to settle prepare. in, listeners. <laughs> it's be a very weak episode. <laughs> so uh, actually, uh, I want to just say this before I get into anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the reasons why I don't like to talk, you know, this is a show about trauma. Mm-hmm. So, but one of the things I struggle with with talking about my own trauma is that I don't. I think by like a lot of people 
struggle with the idea that I actually have any because, you know, so my sister is a, ther- is a therapist and she is always talking about big T trauma and little T trauma mm-hmm. and how not everybody has big T trauma, mm-hmm. but everybody has T trauma. Right. And little T trauma doesn't, to the person who's experiencing it, I, I mean, I can only really speak for myself. But it never really feels like that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And it just does never feels like, well, this happened, but it's like, right. who cares? You know, it's not really traumatic. Has it really affected my life negatively in the long haul? Eh, maybe, maybe not. Most likely not. So why talk about it? So it's and that's why something like this is really important, I think, mm-hmm. because, you know, even if it is a little T trauma, it's still a trauma. It still did something to you. Well, it, it's yeah. death by a million paper cuts, right? Right. You, you know, you can, uh, the, the little T traumas start to add up. And I will tell you that, you know, you know my story. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way, though. It, it, it takes moments of clarity or listening to myself talk about it on episodes of this podcast to realize that, Oh, that was really trauma. No, you were actually abused. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to downplay your own traumas. Right. Like, there's always somebody that's got it worse, but that doesn't mean that this didn't affect your life. So one of the important things that I do like to say is we don't compare traumas here. And little T, big T, it's still trauma, and it impacts your life um, probably in ways that you don't even know. So... Nassim, um, you pitched an idea. Yeah. Um, we were talking about something, and I had mentioned the fact, like, well, you weren't the only, like, brown girl in a small Midwestern town during 9-11. Let me tell you about that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I, I think that it, we were talking about um, the Challenger in the Cold War and, oh, right. And her not living through it and uh, the trauma of having a TV wheeled into your first grade classroom to see it. And we talked we talked about this a week, a week yeah. or two ago. And Dan told us how it was you, Dan, right, that came home and told your mom you thought it was it looked cool. Yeah, it did look cool. <laughs> the Challenger exploding. My um, dad watched it like everybody else. Everybody did. On his like little black and white TV in the yeah. kitchen. And he told the story all the time about how he was watching it. It's like peering at it and. There's something not quite right, and then boom, it blew. So, um, yeah, I imagine that yeah. that was a cultural uh, commonality for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, sure. back in those days, there's a lot of things, commonalities, and like, just because you didn't have as many TV stations and stuff, because I think about, like, um, well, what was it? Like, Michael Jackson premiered a video after the Simpsons episode. Do you remember that, Dan? <laughs> I, I, Which one was it? Was it black and white? I think so. Yeah, I, I think, think so. <laughs> Again, that rings a bell. Before my time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and Al Capone's vault. You you had to watch that, right? When Geraldo. Uh, I don't remember oh, that, but I remember that? Weird Al's ripoff of it in UHF. That's my only <laughs> reference. For yes. That. Yes. Roadmaps. <laughs> well, <I'll laughs> this means something, Dan. <laughs> yes. Well, what I what I remember is. <laughs> Dan, Dan is wiping his eyes. Oh, I 
almost fell off my stool. Yeah, this is wonderful. <laughs> this is wonderful. Thank Sorry. you. <laughs> I'm back. All right. Welcome back. Thank you. All right. Let's get back on track. <laughs> again. Again. Um, we've got lots of tracks going, but let's get on the Nassim track. Ugh, and okay. you just said that I was not, and you're right, I was not a little brown girl. Um, the only little brown girl. Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, first of all, amongst us brown people, at least some of the ones I talk to, um, we don't even like being called brown. Mm-hmm. It's like a weird, there's like this weird... Um, identification like discussion happening right now okay. among people from that part of the world mm-hmm. like do we call ourselves brown do we call ourselves middle eastern do we call ourselves swana there's not really a people are more leaning towards swana don't, don't ask I, me what it I, stands I, okay. for i can never remember oh that's but an it's, acronym it's a, southwest <clears throat> don't know Asian. but <laughs> yeah something like that it's uh supposed to be more inclusive of every of people from that region okay that share a cultural history and heritage, but not necessarily, uh, you know, not necessarily a religion, not necessarily a country, but they have a shared experience. Okay. Um, That's a a more common identity. Yeah. um, Without being just labeled something as blanket as Brown. Okay. I, however, say Brown. Okay. (laughs) So, Well, I will let you say Brown. (laughs) Okay. And and I do appreciate that because, I mean, we do attempt to be as inclusive as possible, and I do as, know... As inclusive as two white middle-aged guys can be. Right, right. We're struggling with that, but we try. We, well, <laughs> and we try, and I do think it's a, a very interesting discussion how people of, you know, American, you can say American Indian or Native American or whatever term you want to use, and even amongst those communities, they don't, it, it's, it, it's not a single preference, and you hear brown more than you used to. Sure. And I think 20 years ago, uh, it would have been very wrong to say brown. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I, I think that... I think that's fair. I also think that people decide what they want to be called based uh-huh. off of their experience. And we've talked about this before, and it's something I will touch on a little bit later, okay. about the difference in experience between my sister and I. Because my sister and I identify differently. We right. both have the same parents. We both have the same heritage, the same background, same genetics, everything. Uh-huh. I identify as brown. She identifies as white. Okay. And that's Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, uh, I guess I'll start with my. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, so I'm from a it's not a little town. It's not like a tiny village or anything, but I'm from a town called Bay City in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I, I'm making this up. I think it was like 40,000. OK. All right. But it's very Polish, very white. Um, uh, the kind of place that. Uh, thinks that it's uh, progressive, but it's very much not. It's blue collar. Um, it's democratic solely for unions, but socially very conservative. Okay. Um, it's the town that all like the places the people from northern Michigan come to to like. We're going into town. (laughs) That's like, that's Bay City. Is that where the Walmart is? Uh, The Walmart is there. The Myers is there. All right. All right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, So, so that's where I grew up. Um, And were you born there? I was born there. Yes. Um, My parents are Iranian. Um, uh, Can I still say 
are Iranian if one of them is passed, or is it, or is he was Iranian? He is was. Eh. Anyway, still Iranian. He's still alive or dead. Alive or dead, he's still Iranian. Right, so, right. um, anyway, so they they came to the U.S. at different times. It's a long story, but uh, so that's where I grew up. I am the youngest of four, um, and <laughs> if this. This is going to give you some insight into like the kind of town this is and how we were so other in our community. So when my brothers and my sister were growing up, they're 10 years older than me, 10 plus years older than me. Mm -hmm. They were the only other quote unquote brown people who lived in our town were the Mexican migrants who came up to work the farms. It's big. There's also a lot of farmland. Mm -hmm. Um, Were they there year round or just summer work or both? Both. Um, And... Irrelevant question, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's a good question. Um, and so my brothers and my sister, when they were entered school, you know, kindergarten, uh, they were automatically placed in the class for the ESL Spanish-speaking Mexican students. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they had... Because dark- they're brown, too. Because they're brown, too. <laughs> so clearly, they only spoke Spanish. And they were born here. And they were born here. Okay. Um, uh, spoiler alert, did not speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> um, did they learn any in ESL? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I don't even think they learned English in ESL. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's actually a great, <laughs> my mom actually has a clipping of this uh, at home. Um, there's <laughs> there's a uh, newspaper article um, from way back when of like the Cinco de Mayo pageant. Okay. And there's a picture of my sister in the Cinco de Mayo pageant. Like of all the kids <laughs> that they chose <laughs> to take a picture oh, of. Oh, she's the only picture. She's the only one in this picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took them two uh. months to figure out that they were in the wrong class. <laughs> So. We just keep going and they keep talking weird at me, Mom. I'm not learning anything. So, yeah, so that's that's where I grew up. And that was that was kindergarten when they started? Uh, Yeah, when, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and granted, this was like, so they're 10 years plus older than me. So this was like 80 something. Mm-hmm. And that was your parents' first two kids that went to school, right? First three kids, yeah. yeah so yeah. They were, that, that was all new to them, too. Right. So my mom, especially, my mom... <laughs> My mom came to this country not knowing any English. She didn't know my dad. They had an arranged marriage. Um, and she didn't really know my dad. She didn't know the language. She didn't know anybody here. No family. Um, and then popped out three kids in two years. Can you? I mean, when I think about that, I'm just like, wow, that's nutso whatso. Like I can't even I can't even wrap my head around it. Like the balls it takes to do that, to be able to do that. So this travel like across the planet right. with someone you don't know and start a life that is completely foreign in every way. Not even foreign, alien. Right. I mean, you kind of did that when you lived in Germany. But I had a safety net. <laughs> I mean, I didn't pop out three kids in two I mean, years. Thank I, fucking God. <laughs> I mean, so, you, you were only there for like yeah, three Your months. relationship with that Moroccan guy would have been a lot different yeah. now. Huh. Uh, <laughs> the kids and their broken German. I don't want to. Can, no, can I, we I, please I, change this up? <laughs> 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 um, 
I, I, I respect my, anybody yeah. that can come to this country and not speak the language and my dad was kind of an ass fucking awesome yeah my dad was kind of an asshole to her though because he would he was a man of tough love sure and so he would like send her on errands to run in the city uh-huh. and if she fucked it up because she couldn't figure out the language he would send her out again he okay, would like wow. ma- he would keep making her do it until she got it right and and how old was your dad at that time uh like in his 20s no he was 30 <laughs> okay because they were eight years apart. So he was 30. My mom was 22. I can't help but notice you said to the city. What city? Bay City. Okay. Right. Yeah, where the Myers is. Fucking okay. pay attention, Scott. <laughs> I, I just, Scott, <laughs> Scott. It's just because like, there's a city in the name. Right. Scott, it's like you never listened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, it's like you have ADHD. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I know what city. I was just making a little fun because it's not really a city. It calls itself Bay City. It's the it's where they go to town, Scott. Go to town. That's the way we say it. Yeah, that's the way. Oh, never mind. Um, um, never mind. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so that, oh wait, okay, so that's like the backstory. Yeah, basically. So here I am. Cut to two thousand one. Okay, what's the date? It is September eleventh, two thousand one. I remember that day. I, I think everybody does. Um, and I can tell you, like most people can, exactly what I was doing. Yeah. I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. I was in my freshman biology class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was taking an exam on protein synthesis. Oh, wow. Uh, yep. And there was an announcement on the PA uh, that, you know, the principal came on and said the tower and work or something i don't exactly remember the mm-hmm. precise wording and i just remember because i was very i'm a relatively intelligent person relatively back, yeah. relatively back then i was really fucking stupid and so i didn't know anything about the world okay. i didn't know anything about any i don't even think i knew what the twin towers were, honestly and so it didn't quite click with me what was happening mm-hmm. and everybody's getting really like cagey and weird <laughs> and i remember i mean it's much like the challenger explosion um they made the announcement we finished our class and it, it was near the end of class too it must have mm-hmm. so i go to my next class which is they send us all they don't send us to our next class they send us to our seminar which is basically like a homeroom homeroom okay so i'm in um seminar and they wheel in the tv and they turn on the news and we're watching it and i watch on live TV as the plane goes into the second tower. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, cool. And then this thing happens where, um, and this happened actually after, after the attack, but this is when it started. Um, every time there was some sort of domestic terrorism, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, were they Muslim? Were they brown? And if they were, there was, like, terror. Like, oh, fuck. Not another one. Like, fuck, why you got to do this to us? Um, yeah, you, already, you skipped ahead. I was, uh, that was one of the questions that I was going to ask. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so that happened. And I go home, and I have this talk with my sister. Again, 14-year-old Nassim, very dumb. Um, I don't, I'm like, I don't get the big deal, you guys. <laughs> it's just the plane that crashed into a building. And my sister sits down with me, and she's like, is it older sister or younger sister? Older sister. So okay. I'm the youngest of four. Got it. 
Um, my sister's the oldest. And she says... Okay, so your sister's like, what, 18? Something like that? No, yeah. she would have been... Late 20s. Late 20s at oh, this wow. point. Yeah. My sister's 12 years older. Than okay, me. cool. So she, uh, she's like, Nassim, this is like Pearl Harbor. And it just like, really? Really? Just didn't connect. And then... And then, you know, we're talking WMDs. We're talking, mm -hmm. you know, another war in Iraq and this other bullshit. You know, we were all yeah. there. Um, Bush bullshit. Just like, you know, the next four years of terrible. Well, the next, you know, 20 years of terrible. Um, and there's just been some things since then that have been... And this is why I like struggle talking about this or I don't really talk about it because it's like, who am I? Like, I was just a kid and yeah, okay. But like, I wasn't there in those towers. Like the people who actually experienced that, mm -hmm. that was trauma. I was just somebody who was getting like this indirect backlash because of it. Um, so. Well, can I, can I, can I jump in? Yeah. Before the 9-11 attacks. Did you feel different? Did you feel racism toward you? Yes. What, okay, so th there was already, and, and, and you recognized it even as a child or, or not? I didn't recognize it as racism. Okay, and what kind, like, what kind of things would happen that, that you'd call racism now? Do you remember? I was called Saddam Hussein's cousin when I was in second grade. Okay, by a fellow second grader? Yes. Wow. Can I assume that you're not Saddam Hussein's cousin? I, to my knowledge, I am not related to Saddam Hussein. Okay. All right. We'll fact check that later. <laughs> well, considering he was Iraqi and I'm Iranian. Well, I'm, I mean, we're, I all, mean, we're all, we're all, we're all, we are, we are all God's creatures. Okay. So, <laughs> but so you, you experienced some racism because you, as you've said, you've, you've characterized yourself as a, a brown person. Yeah. And, but you're not Muslim. Correct. Right. My family back quote back home in iran they are mm -hmm. my mom's family is very devout my dad's extended family is very devout mm -hmm. but i was not raised muslim my dad was actually pretty anti-islam pretty okay. anti-theist in general okay um uh, my mom was kind of a rebel growing up too she was the kind of girl who would like wear fishnets underneath her chador like she was very <laughs> like hell yeah <laughs> she was very like mm, stick it to the man um but I mean, as she's gotten older and especially after my father passed away, she's been a little bit more leaning towards like the God stuff. But mm -hmm. Islam, mm, not so much. Um, but so, no, I was not raised as a Muslim. Okay. I don't really know a whole lot about Islam, to be quite honest. And OK, so this might be a hard question to answer and, and maybe not even your question to answer. Uh, but just from your feeling when you were young and I'm, I'm still talking pre 9-11. Sure. Did you do you feel like it was a different type of racism than maybe the Mexican migrant workers kids got? Or do you think that, you know, being Middle East or classified maybe as well, you said Saddam Hussein's cousin. Um, do you think it was different, like your people were looked at as more terrorists than. What I the Mexican workers kids I got? I don't know how to answer that. Um because oh it's a tough one name yeah. um 
Well, and it might not be yours to answer. I mean, I, you didn't I, I experience what they did. Exactly. It didn't experience what they did. So I, I can't speak on like the Mexican migrant experience. Okay. You know, I know that they did. Or we also had a lot of Laotian um, okay. and Hmong uh, immigrants, too, at that time. So I can't speak for what their experience Were was. Were they also put in the Spanish-speaking uh, classes? You know, I wouldn't know because I didn't speak Spanish. <laughs> um, All right. Um, so um, yes. we fast forward, 9-11 happens. Yeah. And you're having some difficulty processing it, uh, or at least realizing the magnitude. And Dan, did you realize the magnitude right away? I definitely used it as an excuse to not go to work that day. So I knew it was big enough for that. Okay. Um, I was 21 at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to an end of the world party that night. That was That's quickly put together. Pretty on the nose. <laughs> it kind of rolled with some people that were very good at finding a reason for a party. Um, pretty okay. shitty reason for a party. Yeah. Is it? Is it? <laughs> You party, for, <laughs> you, you party for 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 positive things, but I mean, it, it, we definitely needed to be with other people, sure. and we were. Mm-hmm. And if we were going to be with other people, we were going to be drinking because we did. Mm-hmm. Um, so those things happened, and I also was already signed up to go to D.C. Uh, for the first year of AmeriCorps. Um, I did two years of AmeriCorps when I was in my 20s. So this was September. I was in D.C. the first week of October of 2021. Um, So I knew it was a thing. I knew it was a big deal. And I knew some of my coworkers from AmeriCorps um, went to New York and were working in Ground Zero by the middle of October. Um, So... I had some connection to it, you know, like I, I, I was I'd seen the Pentagon. I had seen the hole in the Pentagon. Um, I had seen the security in D.C. Um, after that. So it was a very interesting time to be in D.C. Um, to see like the drumbeats of uh, uh, nationalism um, and then see that morph into like the drumbeats of war. Uh very similar to the Blame Canada song uh, in the South Park movie. <laughs> yeah. Like it really, it really almost worked exactly like that. Okay. Um, so I don't know if I felt the magnitude of it that day, uh, exactly what it meant for the world. I don't know that I had the ability to do that, but I definitely, yeah. I, I, I definitely used it to get out of work. Yeah. I, I, my mom called and woke me up and told me that we were under attack. And uh, she woke me up. I had just moved to Chicago uh, in August. And so I was still looking for work because I took risks like that. Apparently came here. Without a <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah, whatever. No, we're not. And I went back to sleep where I tried to. And then I laid in bed and thinking about it. And I was like, I better get up and see what's going on. So I watched for the rest of the day. And, you know, at the time you think, Tens of thousands of people might have died. Mm-hmm. And luckily that wasn't the case. And there was all sorts of reports of 
you know, more airplanes being in the air and they didn't know where they were. And when they grounded all the planes, like I lived off of Irving Park Road. So just looking in my backyard out the window and not seeing the planes coming into O'Hare for the next week was a really, that, that's the thing that stands out the most to me. And then downtown that day was empty. Yeah. Like they evacuated it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I realized the magnitude, but I still, to this day, around 9-11, I read a column from Hunter S. Thompson that he wrote that said, we are about to embark on a never-ending war with an enemy that we don't even know who they are. Exactly. And it was like the most accurate depiction wow. of the war that I've ever read. And he, it was published on 9-12-2001. Yeah. You know, you said something, Scott, that I've always thought about. And just now realize what it is that bothers me. When your mom told you we're under attack, mm-hmm. I fucking hate that phrase. Okay. And that is part of, because I think it highlights the experience that I've had and the struggle that I've had with being who I am mm-hmm. in a post 9 11, which is. I'm an American, but I'm also kind of not. And when somebody says we're under attack, I struggle with what side of that conversation am I on? And am I the we who are under attack? Or are you saying that I'm the one who's attacking you? I really struggle with that. I still do. Interesting. Yeah, I, I never would have thought of that, but that makes perfect sense. And that's, I mean, that's pretty heavy. I, I'm sitting here not even really knowing how to respond to that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, I, my I'm my first response is like, "Fuck, you're an American citizen. You were born here. You're an American citizen, and God damn it, you're part of the we." When I was, well, here's another. I'm just going to tell you some stories. I guess that's all please, I can say. Please. Just things that, just little things that microaggressions that happen. Um, after, mm-hmm. well, I just remember specifically, um, so my dad was in California during nine 11. He was visiting his family and his flight back home to Michigan was September 13th. Ooh. And my dad was a big, angry Iranian man. So you can imagine how that went. <laughs> uh, not well, <laughs> but he made a home. No okay. problem. Didn't get arrested Good. or deported. He couldn't right. get deported. He was an American citizen. Well, he, he, so, so let me ask though. You, you, you say that he was angry, a big angry in our, Iranian, um, and he didn't get arrested. But did, did there was a scene? Okay, there yeah. was a scene at the airport. Okay, and I mean, did he get like extra security because he's a yeah. big Iranian? Yes, okay. he got. He was. He was um, felt up and looked at, and people. Um, he, the thing that he bitched about the most when he got back was that, so my dad spoke perfect English, mm-hmm. like perfect articulation. Okay. And better English than probably the three of us. And he um, was stopped and the person working, was TSA even a thing back then? No. Nope. There was some security. It's local security. It was local it was, security. Yeah. So this local security person was also an immigrant, but not 
a quote brown person mm-hmm. and had a very thick accent that was very and didn't speak very good English according to my father and my dad was so mad that this person who was clearly a new immigrant who clearly didn't speak very good English was harassing him who'd been in this country for like 40 years Mm -hmm. and was a citizen and just like that I know that really like like ground his gears yeah um (laughs) But one of the things, too, that my parents really, I don't know if they had this conversation with my brothers and my sister, but with me, my dad always would say to me, like, to keep my head down. He's like, you don't have an opinion about this. Like, you, he's whatever but anybody says, you're going to be wrong. So just don't say anything. So I really didn't have any kind of arsenal or defense yeah um i just kind of had to keep my head down um in my community because i didn't know was i gonna was there gonna be backlash you know i remember thinking it's funny because i was in high school and one of the required readings that we were reading our freshman year was farewell to manzanar which was about the japanese internment and i remember thinking distinctly oh it's 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 us we're next like, this is going to be us. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter that I'm not Afghani or Arab or wherever these people were from. I'm not a member of. And even if I was like, I'm not a terrorist. You know, those people are not you're not inherently a terrorist because of where you're born. Um, and I just remember thinking, oh, OK, this is this is the next step. I felt the same way when Trump got elected, by the way. I was very convinced. I'm like, my. I remember after the election, my brother looked at me. He's like, see it at the camps. And I was like, cool. <laughs> um, so um, we, now, yeah, that was tough. It, it sounds tough. It sounds incredibly tough. And in retrospect, we're 20 years from that now, mm-hmm. give or take. Um, do you look back at that from your father as sage advice or as fucked up advice? Or can it be both? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah. I think he was saying that to protect us. Totally. Um, because he didn't even know what was going to happen. And, you know, I would have... Um, I remember talking to a former friend um, about... I don't even know what it was. We were in, like, my physics class. And he... We got into an argument about something. Not even related. And he's like, what are you going to do in a scene? Fly a plane into my house? And he's a former friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, I've never forgotten that. I don't think I'll ever forget that. Um, was that it? I mean, was when you say former friend, was it immediate? Like, this guy just crossed a line or? No. Okay. It took a lot longer. Longer than it should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but... That was the beginning of the end. <laughs> what was? Do you feel that? I mean, have you had worse thing? Is that one of the worst things that's been said? That's directly to you. I mean, one of the worst things. I had a teacher who said to me uh, the following year because we were talking about the war, and I was having a private conversation with another friend of mine about Bush's antics, and he was for it i was against it Mm -hmm. and 
my it was after class. We're just shooting the shit after class. And my teacher wasn't even involved in the conversation. She was in the room packing up or something. My friend leaves. I'm on my way out the door. My teacher stops me and she says, you know, Nassim, I think if your family wasn't who they were, you'd have a different opinion. As though my entire ideology was solely based on my heritage and not my values. And oh, because because you're a brown person, <laughs> obviously you don't want this war to happen. Like like it, I, that was that's also something that stuck with me this this whole time. And I also find that to be so wildly outlandish because of course who you are and who your family is has something to do with what your opinion is and how you experience things. Sure, yeah. So like it's so stupid on multiple levels. Right. You could say the same thing to her. Right. If your family was different, then, you'd feel differently. Right. If your life was different, you'd feel differently. If you weren't like a Midwestern Karen, like it would be <laughs> fine. What what was her hair? Was did she have a bob? Oh, oh God. What was her hair? It was awful. It was like the worst early two thousands haircut. It was like Oh, what and it I don't even think it was outside because the only pe- women I've seen with this haircut are live in Bay City. <laughs> so, so, so the Bay I City think, Bob. Yeah. It's the Bay City Bob. I, I yes. think, yeah, the classic Bay City the, Bob. Okay, classic. You know it. We're gonna, have, we're, we're gonna have to find pictures of this to put it up on the site. Yes, for, please. For those not familiar with Bay City. Yeah. So, um, there's so there's a little bit of that, and because of all of this, I have struggled with just figuring out who the fuck am i what am i i'm not white enough for you people but i'm also like i was raised in the u.s i don't have a ton of connection to my iranian heritage my family either all lives in iran or they all live in california and they all speak farsi and they are all like connected in their all in their little you know clickiness and i am divorced from all of that uh almost by design my dad didn't really want us in that environment because it was toxic for other reasons um just in his family so we didn't spend a lot of time with my extended family it was just my parents and my siblings and i we were our we were our community right Um, so do you feel like you are an outcast even within like iranian uh yes uh, environment but and and maybe in I shouldn't say an outcast, but you're not quite as far inside for white America or for your Iranian family or Iranian people that you know. Yeah, I kind of live in a third space. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I know I didn't phrase that well, but... That's fine. I think you got it. You got it. I got it. I got you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. Because I, so. I see that a lot with, especially, you know, there's a high, uh, a large population of Latino Mexican people in, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And... I see the people who are clearly uh, Latino who don't speak Spanish. And in my experience, some of them have told me, not in my experience, but some of them have told me that, you know, they're a little bit of an outcast within their community because they don't speak Spanish Mm -hmm. or judged a little bit. And then, of course, when it comes to white people, they don't 100 percent fit in because white people. Yeah, I'm not special in that way. You know, that's a very common 
first gen, second gen immigrant story. Sure. That's very across the board. You're going to find that. Okay. Um, so I'm definitely not unique in that way. Sure. Um, but I think that coming from a or experiencing the the nine eleven being assumed to be Muslim, which was always I mean, I still am assumed to be Muslim. I was at work the other night and a lady started asking me questions about wearing a hijab and I'm like I'm not wearing one, <laughs> first of all. Uh-huh. Uh, so, like, clearly I don't have an opinion. You should have been like, I was about to ask you. Yeah, I guess a hijab is not a thing that you only wear sometimes. Right. Like, no. if you wear them, you wear them, right? Yeah, like, it's a relationship between the person and their maker, right? So, if you're going to wear it, you're going to wear it. So, uh, I mean, it's not... It's not for me. <laughs> so, I mean, good on you, but not for me. Right. So, okay. so we're we're back to post nine eleven, and yeah, it took you some time before you understood the magnitude. Yes. But did you did you like immediately feel changes from the white community around you? Immediate. Mm-hmm. No. Uh... I think, yeah, actually, yes. I would say that I felt immediate changes and it went one of two ways. Mm-hmm. You either had people who were uh, like standoffish and didn't know what to do with me or you had people on the complete opposite end of the spectrum who were like my cheerleaders and like rallying and rallying behind me and like, almost too supportive to the point where it's like, oh, this is just your white guilt talking. Right. Like, I <laughs> like, I don't know, you're, you know. You're, you're making this hard for me because you're going right into the follow-up questions before I even get to ask them. I was going to ask exactly that. Like, <laughs> did it feel genuine? Did it feel supportive? I, from, you know, from the people I was closest to, I would say, yes, definitely genuine, definitely supportive. Okay. Um, but there was a lot of just, there was a lot of uh, empty support i think too mm-hmm. from people who didn't know or didn't understand and they were just doing their best and is i can't that, i can't better than nothing i yeah i was okay. just gonna say like it's people have really good intentions but they don't always know how to uh manifest that and so sometimes they'll say the wrong thing or they'll um overdo it like there's just like a lot of overkill and then it comes across being like kind of shitty <laughs> but you know that the their heart's in a good place so you can't take it the wrong way so they buy you like balloons that are red white and blue to be like this is my american friend <laughs> <laughs> that actually happened you're kidding right yes <laughs> <laughs> I hate you sometimes. I, terrible listeners sometimes i hate our guests no i'm kidding <laughs> this seems all right just all right I think you're great so far. Oh, thanks. Well, I think you're all terrible. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment for later. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So, um, I don't really know. Ask me more questions because I'm kind of okay. not sure. So, where are you at now? Like, Oh, I'm, uh, I'm in uh, your... The terrible. I'm in the, the terrible studio. That's true. Um, In Chicago, Illinois. That's where I am. All right. How do you, I mean, do you still, I I guess you have to, 
I guess, do you still feel like an American? Do you feel like an immigrant? Do you still feel like you're in that third space? Short answer? Yeah. No idea. Okay, long answer. No idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I feel mostly American until I'm reminded that maybe I'm not. Okay. And what what is a, what is a reminder? Dan asking that question? <laughs> Being uh, interviewed about your experiences? Of- this entire morning <laughs> has um, just been a trigger. I, I suppose uh, patients asking you about Oh, your- Christ on the okay. cross. Yes, I get asked about I used it's not so bad here. Uh-huh. Coming to Chicago has been like great for my self-esteem because uh maybe self-esteem is not the right word, but set of words um because uh when, okay so when i first came here and started my job okay can, wait can can we just say this for listeners you've only been here for a month a month right? oh really yeah cool. so i'm a travel nurse i actually so <laughs> a segue upon a segue um one of the things that uh scott had originally wanted me to talk about was my experience with covid yeah. as a nurse and like the trauma behind that but truth of the matter is covid nursing is the only nursing i know so to me it's not that dramatic <laughs> covid nursing is nursing yes well your your life I'm, is probably going to get easier um if this ever ends um it won't we just the hospital's getting more full because uh the holidays people are getting together okay. having yeah well i'm talking like 2024 2025 it'll still be here <laughs> so I'm, can you tell us about your experience as an anti-vaxxer no <laughs> <laughs> good um no uh, uh, that's yeah my trauma comes from coworkers who don't believe in the vaccine that's that's <laughs> that's the trouble um okay anyway so, so, so back on track so back on track uh so yeah so i am a travel nurse um a new travel nurse actually i was a staff nurse back home in michigan for a hot second still bay city actually at the hospital where i was born no shit no shit nice wow. um do they have a plaque <laughs> Not, where where you were born like in this room in this room in 19 in 1987 a hairy little mole rat was born <laughs> <laughs> so i um, i uh <laughs> i'm back i'm i'm backing away now <laughs> sorry i really did look like a little gorilla you know those you know those like um like baby uh baboons the ones that are like bright. Are you, are you bright, ADHD or something? Hundred <laughs> percent. I don't know that I've ever seen a baby baboon. So you know, like the baby baboons, like with the big red butts and like the big red faces, and they like pick fleas okay. off of each other. Yeah. That's what I look like. All right. Well, we, are, we, we will we will post video on the website <laughs> of me being born of, of Nassim. Uh, we'll, we'll do a picking, side. We'll do picking a, ticks off of Dan. We'll, we'll be. We'll do a. <laughs> Jesus we'll do a side by side comparison. No. So oh anyway. Oh God, this so, is terrible. So I, yeah, this podcast the, sucks. That's the idea. <laughs> I'm sorry that I made your podcast suck. You, um, you did not. Uh, so, yeah. um, what was I talking about? All oh, right. So I was a staff nurse back home, um, and then decided that okay, nursing is awful, um no matter where you go so i might as well make good money doing it um so i not to say that i don't love my job do it's just hard (laughs) so um and the place where i was working like not my favorite but 
could edit that out. Did <laughs> <laughs> so when you were when you were nursing back in Michigan at the beginning of COVID, were they like clapping on the streets for you there or? Oh, God. yeah, they had like you'd, people in the neighborhood would have these big signs up saying like "healthcare heroes." Was it more and like? Did it feel more like a kick in the teeth at that point? Or at the beginning, no. Okay. At the beginning, it was like, oh, cool, people like appreciate us, and like this is really hard, but you know. The community is behind us. And then, you know, the compassion wore out. Mm -hmm. And then we went from being heroes to being the enemy. And uh, more so probably in Michigan than here. More so in Michigan than here because our mandates were tougher. And, you know, right. they tried killing the governor. The governor. Yeah, so remember that. <sighs> you know. <Ugh>. OK, so <laughs> let's, let's not go that direction. So but in any case, uh, I decided to get out. Um, and I wanted to expand my horizons. I actually wanted to do travel nursing when I was in nursing school. Mm -hmm. So, um, and Chicago has always been on the short list of places I wanted to relocate to like mm -hmm. for years and years and years. Um, and well, welcome. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so I just, you know, talked to my recruiter and she's like, Hey, there's a place in Chicago. Do you want to apply for it? And I was like, I sure do. And, <laughs> um, and then I got the gig and two weeks later, here I am. Nice. So you said, you started to say that uh, being in Chicago, working in Chicago has You're been right. good for you. I'm so sorry that I am so bad at this. No, no, no you are great. <laughs> We've got like six tracks we're juggling right now. So we're back on track three. Okay, great. Um, horse is still in the race. I was excited because my first day of orientation um, at the hospital here, um, my manager was pulling up she had to like look up me up in some mm -hmm. sort of database or something to log me in somewhere. Okay. And she types in my first name and there were like four other in the scenes. <laughs> nice. And I was like, Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love it because, and maybe this is like, it's novel to me, uh -huh. but I go to work and my coworkers have different accents. They have names that I can't oh, yeah. pronounce. There's, um, there's like the the patients. We have interpreters for the patients, and it's very exciting to me to be like, ah, it's almost like a breath of fresh air to be. Oh my God, I'm not the only one. Yeah, that that's something that I've never thought about. I mean, I I've thought about the fact that some days when I worked in the office that I might hear three four languages before I even get to the office, mm -hmm. and taking public transportation. And I remember like growing up and hearing things like they're in America, they should speak English. And you're always going to get that. Of course. And now as an adult, I ch cherish that. It's pretty fucking cool to me mm -hmm. that we've got all of these cultures here. And Yeah, that's one of the things that we value a lot about this neighborhood in particular is that mm -hmm. uh, we have a four year old. And, you know, we've considered, especially over the last year moving elsewhere, moving to places with more space, moving to places that are cheaper. Um, but we love the fact that, you know, I, I, I grew up in a town very much like yours. It was mostly white and I fit right in. And just the fact that like my kid gets to grow up and meet people, know people, see people of different uh, colors, backgrounds, religions, and go to school with them. And that that is normal, mm -hmm. like means a lot to us. And your daughter is more than once mentioned like, my friend has two moms or my friend has two dads. And that's awesome. I, at that age, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. And in theory, I mean, she's being raised right. 
she's being exposed to things. Mm-hmm. She should never have some of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some of the racism or misogyny or uh, the prejudices. The, that's that. I, yes, I just that's hope, the word. Yeah, I just she's hope she has wonderful, less. She's got a wonderful um, um, vocabulary. Uh, <laughs> that was on purpose. I know. That was on purpose. But she she really does have a large vocabulary. I don't it, know how to, to use it, to, though. To, <laughs> I think to end this podcast, we're just going to let her say words and tell us what they mean. You got, words, got a bunch words, of words to say? <laughs> no. Hey, hey, can you say something for me? <laughs> hey, hey, say a word. You say a word. Say a word, any word. <laughs> so... You mentioned that it's a uh, breath of fresh air and, and a pretty cool thing that you're, you'll, you'll hear different names, hear different languages. When you were in Michigan, or even here, I suppose, did you experience any like direct racism from patients? Or Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so... Not here. It's never happened. It has not happened here so far. Okay. Um, but it's okay. not yet. <laughs> you know how like uh, there'd be those. You know, you have those countdowns. It, like uh, uh, until you're getting off of work. Or no, what? no, no, I'm no, no. Sure like, so let me finish. <laughs> um, how, I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay, Kanye. Um, Thank you. There's like there's been X number of days since the last incident. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, we're a health and safety company. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we are not. We, we are, are a not. terrible podcast <laughs> company. I'm sorry. <laughs> we work for our day jobs are for a health and safety company. Correct. Yes. So, uh, for me, I kind of had a running list in my brain. It has been X number of days since the last time someone asked me where I'm from. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, so so back home, people, you know, I have my name badge, and Nasim is a weird name from you know back home back home it's a, it's a weird name it's a it's a foreign weird name. name well it's to everyone else it's it's, weird. it's ab yeah it's weird to it's not common it's not uncommon. it is uncommon all right back, that's a good use of words back home uh, <laughs> and i don't know how you do this every week dan i get to edit this <laughs> he, he so understands I, I work hard to make scott sound less stupid <laughs> He, he understands that the ADHD is Are you getting paid yet? <laughs> so. He's co-owner, so there's nobody getting paid. Yeah, oh, we're, right. we're getting paid on the back end. Don't you worry about that. Whoa. So <laughs> I am, uh, yeah, so I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, you had a, count, uh, a countdown Oh, right, the, the last countdown. Time. The last time. So. I think it's actually counting up, though. Counting up. Count, it, it's a count. Um, <laughs> and I often found myself not making it past like two shifts and there was one time in particular this gentleman i use the term loosely this gentleman was he saw my name fan name badge and he asked me where i was from and i always said the same thing right here born in this hospital and of course there was like no 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 where's your Where's your family? Where, where you? What's your heritage? What's your background? One, none of your fucking business. <sighs> Two, um, but I couldn't say that, you know, to a patient. So I was just you like, could, but I could, and I'd say, well, I'm Iranian, mm-hmm. and this fucking asshole <laughs> says to me, oh, well, you were born here, so you're one of the good ones. Oh, <laughs> like it just, just, just steams my yam, man. <laughs> like, and I mean, that how old was this guy? Probably old enough 
I mean, like 60s, yeah, 80s, 60s, probably. Okay, from Michigan, Middle America, <laughs> Middle America, yep. proud, proud Michigander. Proud where, where on the mitten? Never mind. <laughs> the crotch of the thumb is what I call it. <laughs> All right. Um, it's funny, and I don't. There's a person in my life. I will not give details as to who. Is it Scott? It is not I'm kind of wondering already if it's Scott. <laughs> it is not Me. Scott. It is not Scott. All right. Um, there's another. There's a person in my life, um, who I was at their house, and they're not from Bay City. They're from a much smaller. Damn. A much. Smaller, Are you sure it's not Scott? Like one stoplight kind of town oh, yeah we don't have a stoplight in where i grew up so. oh i'm sorry we're much bigger it's a much bigger town okay. than yours okay. yeah. um appreciate it and i'm at their house and they were talking about oh i don't know if i can say this on podcast. of course you can we can edit it out if it can't yep. be stated. okay i'm going to quotes i'm quoting here uh-huh. this is not these are not my words well and, and let's say this is if things are offensive or whatever we do take them out but if they're direct quotes or lived experiences there's a good chance we'll leave it in okay she was talking about the colored people who lived in the neighborhood. And I was like, <clears throat> you cannot say that. <laughs> like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And this person is in their 50s or something. Mm-hmm. And they responded with, what? That's what we always called them. And I'm just like, doesn't fucking matter like it's like shit like that is what like i'm constantly bumping up against you know so um and i feel like it's my response not my responsibility but i think that coming from i don't even like saying a marginalized group but coming from a, a minority population i think that i kind of have responsibility to stick up for other minority populations yeah because we're not isolated can, can i ask a question though you, you just backed off of marginalized why listen iranians are very successful <laughs> like, i guess i don't i don't know why i don't i don't really think of myself as marginalized mm-hmm. um maybe fringe but not but that's just your personality that's my yes my bangs um i don't i don't I don't know. That's a good question, Scott. I don't know. Well, I just wonder if you're discounting some of the uh, of your lived experience. Probably. Or your 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 communities. Right? It's hard to say community though, since you're not like immersed in Iranian uh, sure, culture. And sure, sure. And, and and Iranian people are very proud people. Mm-hmm. And I say that not to generalize, because it's the truth. Iranians <laughs> are very <laughs> proud people. Is that how you describe your your parents? Yeah, my dad loved being around here. Yeah. Did yeah. he have a great mustache? He didn't. Or beard? I don't know how. No, he, he had a great head of hair once upon a time, but oh, yeah. no, he kept a, he kept himself clean shaved. I feel like Iranians can grow really good mustaches. Um, you know, they grow better body hair. Like the chest hair is yeah. impeccable. Yeah. So good. Just run your hands through it. Oh, it's like I used to joke with my brother that women would hunt him for his fur. So, <laughs> so. You got a couple of hairy guys here, but I, I nobody's hunting me. Oh, not yet. I mean, I'm getting there a little more every year. I think your brother like sounds like the kind of dude I would want to hang out with. 
<laughs> you broke your chair. You got so oh, excited. For fuck's sake. You got so excited about being the pro- prospect of being hunted that you broke your chair. <laughs> you guys are making fun of me. <sighs> but no, so I forgot the question. <laughs> what did you ask me? If they have good mustaches. <laughs> and the was ans- there something before that? No, and I the don't answer know. was chest hair. Yeah, or the answer yeah. is chest hair. It's always chest. Yeah. The answer is always chest hair. Um, <laughs> all right, I'll write that down. <laughs> no, no. Okay, I don't even know where we're at anymore. We, we we've been talking about your experiences as a nurse and any racism you felt from there. Um, right. What what kind of nursing do you do? Uh, so at one time, at my old job, I was a telemetry nurse, so cardiac. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did cardiac step down, so um, post open heart yeah. catheterizations, pacemakers, things like that. Yep. Um, but since coming to Chicago, I do a little bit of everything. Cool. So I do telemetry, but I also do med surge. Um, I've been on the bariatric surgery floor. I've done gynae. I've done a little bit of everything. Wherever they yep. meet, I'm a float nurse now. Cool. Yeah. I years ago worked in healthcare for a while, and um. I was in central Illinois, um, so there was always – I mean, I, I also never fit in in central Illinois. I have tattoos on my arms, and it feels like central Illinois is uh, probably 30 years behind Chicago when it sure. comes to um, how we treat people and how we talk about people and how we mm-hmm. uh, judge people, but it's the only place I've ever felt weird in my life, and uh, – like I didn't fit in and um, I got used to, I was, I was a paramedic. So we'd walk into people's houses a lot, right? Yeah. It's part of the job. And I would always walk with my right arm holding a bag in front of me because I didn't have any tattoos on my right arm or at yeah. least the lower part of my right arm. Um, so at least that wasn't the first thing that an old lady would see when I walked in the room. Yeah. And then eventually they'd see my left arm and <laughs> inevitably they'd say, Oh, I don't, I don't like those. Mm-hmm. Or something like that, or you know, they think I'm uh, either in the military or a biker. Like those are the only two options. Okay. Were you? I was neither. Okay. Neither military nor biker. Um, and at least then I could say, yeah, my mom doesn't like them either. And they knew that I had a mom and I wasn't a hell spawn, um, which <laughs> usually went over okay once I had established myself as someone who was at least capable of talking nicely and uh-huh. using full sentences. Right. But. It, yeah, old people are fucking weird. Well, and I've also <laughs> <laughs> so the moral of the story in the, the the old people are fucking weird podcast coming out next week. Terrible old people. Terrible old people. My, uh, you know, I've had some coworkers who are uh, African American. Yep. And I've had so many great conversations with them about uh, their experiences working in the hospital, and. You know, I've never had a patient refuse me to care for them. No shit. Mm-hmm. Wow. I've had several coworkers who've been refused by patients. In Chicago? Um, no, back home. That's actually one of the questions I was going to ask, too. Like I keep good. doing that. I'm sorry. No, that's wonderful. It's it's You're a good interviewee. For sure. I think so. Well, thank you. We'll we'll rate you later. Don't I, it's like rate my interviewee.com. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna throw it on the web, the worldwide one. But yeah. we're uh, we we are getting close to the end. Sure, yeah. Uh, so I'm just wondering if there's anything that 
you feel like you'd, you'd kind of want to get out there about being a post 9-11 um, brown girl as you describe <laughs> yourself? Uh, you know, not really. I don't, like I said, I don't feel like it's a big T trauma. That's why I kind of hesitate even talking about it. Like, I don't feel like this is going to be a particularly interesting episode for most people. But I, I, d- I disagree completely. Well, <laughs> I maybe because it's my experience, right? Yeah, yeah you, you've gotten used to this. Yeah, this is just how it is. Yeah. Um, it, I think the lesson I've learned over the course of the past 20 years is, um, and this is going to sound so cliche mm-hmm. but it's okay to be different it's a good thing to be different i like the fact that i'm not like everybody else um and people want to hear my story stories you know and happy to share them well we're certainly happy that you have uh with us so thank you thank you for having me yeah i appreciate it i think this was great i i really do uh, but we didn't get to hear the total um, vocabulary. I mean, I thought we'd get some more hard words. Yeah. Any big words you want to share before yeah. we get going? Just, what's your favorite word? My favorite, your favorite word? Big word. Favorite big word. <laughs> oh, you're catching me off guard. Um, we don't have enough time for me to think. Oh, it's like trying to choose something off of a menu. I'm terrible at this. Okay. Um, Small word. Uh, <laughs> only thing that's coming to me is German words. <laughs> That's all right. They count. All right. Give me your best German word. My best. With your best German accent. Eichhörnchen. You did what? Eichhörnchen. Okay. And what does that mean? Squirrel. <laughs> Man, that's a lot of syllables that's for un- squirrel. Speaking of, ADHD, unnecessary. speaking of ADHD, uh-huh. Eichhörnchen. <laughs> <laughs> that's unnecessarily long. Uh, in Spanish, cacahuates is peanuts, I think. So I think that's another one that's pretty awesome, but unnecessarily long. Oh, can I just really quickly? Yes. I, I'm so sorry. No, that's all right. Scott. What? You want me to tell you the story about my last name? Oh, yes. Yes. I love this story. Okay. So speaking of immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> so my last name is Maslum. Okay. Now, is that something that we want to publish? Go for it. Okay. <laughs> so um, my... <laughs> So my great-grandfather, grandfather, great-grandfather, I don't really know my family history, but this is a story that's been told to me. I don't know how true it is. I don't know how accurate it is. I don't speak Arabic, so the punchline name may not even be true, but this is what I know. I love it. <laughs> um, some family member on my father's side was traveling into what is now Pakistan, I think is how it went, and uh, they told him that his last name, Basiri, was not Muslim enough. Um that it wasn't Arabic. Ergo, he he could not cross or some bullshit like that, right? Mm-hmm. So my great-grandfather, grandfather, somebody, uh, <laughs> being the smart-ass that he was, like the runs, rest of us. Runs in the family. Runs in the family. He's like, okay, I'm going to change it to Muslim, which, as far as I'm un- my understanding goes, is Arabic for one who is victimized or oppressed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great last name to have, by the way. Oh, yeah. Great. Mine only means German. <laughs> Mine means victim. So, which, you know, is a nice little a nice little bow on the end of the story. <laughs> so. I love it. 
All I right. love it. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, that you're that's, welcome. And everything you've shared. Yeah, that's a you're fun welcome. story. Much more fun than some of the other stories. But we do appreciate it. Um, I mean, it really is kind of an honor that people will come on here and tell their stories. And I know that you're not classifying it as a big T trauma, but I will tell you that Dan and I, as white men, um, haven't experienced a lot of those types of things. And for us, when Dan says, well, I found it very interesting. This is a life that we we try to understand but never will, right? Sure. And I look at how easy my life has been because of the color of my skin, and apparently my genitals help too. <laughs> um, so I've, I I don't know. It's, it's fascinating and mm-hmm. unfortunate, and I really appreciate you talking about it today. Well, I appreciate you for asking me to come on. It's been... Uh... It's been eye-opening even for myself. All right. Well, the same. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Indeed, we do. Thank you. And this has been absolutely, positively terrible. I met you back at Tonica's fest. I confess I was nervous and stressed because I thought you were the best. I was right.